and then two of my clinics are uh, oh sorry uh, two of my clinics are child psychiatry clinic so I guess that's the reason why Bomuruti decided to invite me because of that and then I'll, I'll also like to say thank you so much to my pastors Muruti Kumzile and Joe Paho for this invitation but I must say that when I got invited, um, I was initially surprised because every time when I, underst- when I attended the sessions, uh, they've always been, the presenters have always been the pastors. So what came to my mind was, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> so what am I going to talk about? But uh, they reassured me that um, I don't really have to talk about, I'm not a pastor, basically. So I should just choose what I want to talk about. So basically how this uh, topic came about, um, it's actually a continuation of the topic that uh, Pastor Mania did the other time where uh, he was talking about parenting. But obviously he was talking about it uh, from the from a point of view of being a pastor. So I got interested and then I think... Uh, shot myself on the foot by <laughs> uh, by giving an opinion during that um, session. That's when uh, Muruti Power said, we need more information from you. And that's the reason why I ended up being invited to the session. But I was like, I'm, I'm really thankful that I'm invited to do something that I always do almost on a daily basis. It could have been worse. They could have asked me to preach, which was going to be problematic. So without further ado, I'm going to start with my presentation. Uh, Just bear with me. Okay, Okay, so my topic for today, it's about uh, impact of attachment and parenting styles on children's mental health. And then the reason why I chose, the, I, ch- I chose this topic uh, specifically is that uh, this is one of the topics uh, that is very close to my heart, especially because uh, where I work, uh, like I've already said, that I run two of the child psychiatric clinic. Uh, most of the patients that we see uh, with mental health uh, disorders, most of them come with problems of attachment and problems that were caused by insecure attachment, poor attachment, and also the type of parenting styles that we adopt as parents. So uh, what is attachment? So attachment is an intimate emotional relationship which forms over time with your primary caregivers. So it's the type of relationship that you form over time with your primary caregivers. And then the reason why I'm using the word caregivers and not necessarily a parent is that caregivers can be, does not necessarily have to be a parent, does not necessarily have to be a mother. A caregiver can be a father, a caregiver can be an aunt, a caregiver can be a grandmother, a caregiver can be an uncle. Anyone who's present in that child's life who has an emotional, intimate relationship with this child can be a caregiver. So when I continue with my presentation, every time when I refer to the caregiver, just remember that it's not necessarily a mother. So children need uh, parents. They also need uh, primary caregivers for their survival. Attachment uh, develops through quality of consistent, reliable, and sensitive caregiving. So what that means is that... um, Previously, it was uh, a lot of research was done around this. So previously, it was said that 
uh, children only needs, like everybody thought that children only needs a roof over their, their head, children only needs to be fed, children only needs food for survival. But then it was later realized that actually children need way more than that. So that's why even if you do provide them with food, even if you do provide them with shelter, they still sometimes, they can still have some mental health issues because their emotional needs are not being met. So this attachment, it is expressed in a non-verbal communication. It can be in a form of the way the mother looks at the child, it can be in a way that the, the way the mother speaks to the child, touch the child and smile at the child. So this on its own can create this bond or this attachment that I'm talking about. So attachment as well is a bond between a child and a caregiver. The, I mean, the bond between the child and the caregiver shapes the child's emotional well-being and the ability to form healthy relationship. Uh, relationships. And this happens when the caregiver responds sensitively and attentively to the children's needs. So uh, attachment also, sorry. Uh, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to minimize something here. Um, so pregnancy and attachment. Attachment starts during pregnancy. So the attachment doesn't start once uh, the baby is born. There's attachments that the minute that you find out that uh, you are actually pregnant, that's when the attachment starts. Um, and this is the mother's enthusiasm to interact with the fetus or the unborn baby is the relationship that the mother, the relationship between the mother and her unborn child, which creates this attachment. And then if this attachment now, uh, the attachment between the mother and the child is actually good. Uh, this also translates to, to the kind of attachment that they are going to have post-delivery. So this is actually very important. So in terms of what are some of the things that um, you can do to make sure that you develop this attachment with your unborn child, some of the things that you can do is talk or sing to your child you can gently rub your belly. You can play music to your baby. And also self-care, it's also very important because if you are stressed, uh, the, 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 the cortisol level, which is the level of like some of the stressors in your brain, some of the chemicals in your brain, cortisol is one of the um, those chemicals in your brain. So when you're stressed, that chemical goes high, it becomes high, and then that also can affect the baby. So self-care and avoiding all the stressors can actually assist you in promoting secure attachment with your child. So birth and attachment. So basically, like I started at, uh, discussing pregnancy and attachment, that you need to be attached to your child during the pregnancy period, but it doesn't end there. That after pregnancy now, the child is being born, the child is being delivered. So now there has to be attachment that continues again between the child and the mother. So at birth, an infant or a baby's brain is not fully developed. So 90% of this, the growth of the human brain occurs in the first five years of their life. And this is actually very important because we, we think that you are born with this brain in your head and then automatically everything is 100% to go. But things are not, don't really work like that. 90% of the growth happens in the first five years of life. And that is a, a, a very important time where you lay down what you want your child to learn. So if uh, in this first uh, five years of life, 
the experiences that the child has. It's uh, bad experiences, it's experiences of childhood trauma, it's experiences of a caregiver that doesn't care, a caregiver who doesn't really meet the emotional uh, needs of this child. There's going to be stunting of their development so that the brain development is not going to happen as it's supposed to happen or as it should happen. And this is also going to affect their emotional development, not, not just necessarily their uh, brain development. So from the few weeks after the child is born, the infant, which is the baby-parent relationship, and the mother's gene, they play they play a great um, they play a great impact in making sure that this brain now grow properly uh, in its nature and is, in its structure as well. So basically, the the kind of environment that you grow up uh, in, and also the genes that you get from your parents or from your, from your mother, that also combine it helps in the development of this baby's brain. And then the brain development and mental health, all these two things, they they are shaped by the quality of the relationship between you and your caregivers or between this child and the caregivers. So birth and attachment, uh, it's in the first few years of life that connections between the brain cells happen. So normally when you are... um, when you are when you are born, like I've already mentioned, you are born with these brain cells, but there isn't a lot of connections between these brain cells. So these brain cells, we all know that you need, we need our brain for all the daily activities, everything that you do. Me talking to you now, I'm using my brain. So basically, you need your brain for all the functions of your life. So, but the first few years of life, you are building these connections between the brain cells. So there's multiple brain cells in your in your brain, multiple cells in your brain, but they need to be co- connected now. And then all this connection now is going to be done by all the experiences that you go through as a child, all the experiences that happen in your life during that time. Uh, like I've already mentioned that these connections are either shaped by a repeated experience, being it a good experience or a bad experience. Uh, experience. And then you might also know that the brain, because it's still developing in this five years, it's actually very sensitive and very vulnerable to stress. And that's why if things go wrong in the first five years of life, uh, they tend to be huge problems later in this child's life and also when they are adults. It doesn't just end when they are child, they take this thing with them to adulthood. Um, Secure attachment so a uh, secure attachment, it talks about the sense of safety, the sense of security that the child feels. Uh, and the child tend to learn that the parents are always available in time of stress. My parents are always available in times of crisis. And then this allows the child to now feel safe to learn and explore the world. So children that are, that are securely attached, they learn that a world is as safe a place. I know that we are living in a in, in a in a country where there's a lot of uh, trauma. There's a lot of things that are going on in terms of gender-based violence. But we still, our kids still need to know that they can trust. At least they can trust us. They can trust their caregivers, their primary caregivers. Uh, so the secure attachments help you with that, that the child will learn that my parents are always available when I need them uh, in times of stress, in times of crisis. And this allows the child to feel safe and to learn and explore the world. So if the child feels unsafe, if the child feels like 
the part the caregivers are not reliable uh, their caregiving is not consistent they tend to not be able to explore the world and then the, ch- the children you should know that they learn by exploring so if now this child um, won't be able to explore the world that means that this is going to affect their learning basically their emotional development their brain development their learning in every aspect of life is going to be affected and then also this is how the child now forms safe bond and also trust others they feel concerned and they're able to show awareness of other people they understand and manage they're able to understand and manage their feelings and their behavior because they are securely attached Uh, so in children if the children are securely attached these children they tend to be comfortable in exploring their environment i've already mentioned that and then they, their development becomes healthy. I've also already mentioned that. And then in adults, when now these children now become adults, what happens is that they have self-confidence. Uh, they're able to ask and accept help when they're not okay. They are friendly and they're warm people. I think we've all heard that uh, this person is toxic or whatever. So it all starts with the attachment. So the kind of people that uh, have the secure attachment, they are mostly like friendly and warm people when they grow up. They have the ability to receive and give love back. They are able to form healthy and long-term relationships. And they also have high self-esteem. So you can see the importance of having the secure attachment because this is what uh, is is a blueprint, basically, or a template of how now your world is going to be formed. Uh, It's what you are always going to be referring to when you talk about relationships. So if you are not uh, uh, properly attached with your caregivers, uh, this is going to affect you as a child growing up. This is going to affect you as an adult uh, in your own relationships. So uh, how to create secure attachment with your child? So some of the things that you can do, especially when the child uh, is still very small, it's what we call non-verbal communication. So you don't really have to be saying anything to the child by by just holding the child, cuddling the baby, you are reassuring them that uh, this space is a safe space. I'll be able to hold you. I'll be able to be there every time when you need me. You make eye contact with your child when you're feeding them, when you're bathing them, when you're changing their, their diapers. You watch and listen to, to your baby. So you, you, you watch them and listen to their needs because obviously the child's not going to be able to tell you that uh, I need food, I'm not happy uh, because I'm sick today. You need to be able to identify that my child is not okay and then be able to meet their emotional needs. Um, and also you should be able to comfort your baby every time she cries. I know that sometimes in our cultures, you'll be told that you're going to spoil the baby, just let them there stay for a while and cry, but it doesn't really work like that. You need to be, your child needs to learn that my caregiver is always available. My caregiver is always here to, 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 to be able to, uh, to comfort me, to be able to be here when I need them. So you need to speak with them in a warm, sweet tone of voice. 
You have to maintain realistic expectations of your child and you should also be fully present. I mean, in the world that we're living in now, uh, we are all busy. Life is just way too busy. So sometimes we find that you are on your phone, you are on your laptop and you don't really have time to uh, meaningfully engage with your children. And you have to try by all means to be present, at least at that time or set time that this is the time that I'm going to be spending with you or this is the time that I'm going to be spending with my kids and I need to be present during that time. And also practice being self-aware. Uh, you have to be able to notice uh, when you are not okay, when you are tired, when you are anxious, when you are angry or you're frustrated because your child can literally pick that up. And then this is the time where you need to ask for help. Uh, and then insecure attachment. So the type of attachment that I was talking about, it was the secure attachment. Now I'm going to touch on the insecure attachment. So the first attachment that I spoke about is what we are all striving for as parents, that we wish that our child would be secured, our child will learn to uh, have healthy relationships from the secure attachment that they had with us. And now I'm going to be discussing insecure attachment. So in terms of the insecure attachment, the baby learns that people cannot be trusted um they are sensitive to anything that looks like threat so something that might happen and is not necessarily a threat to them they might perceive it as a threat and then actually that they get very hypersensitive to anything that looks like threat even if it is not really something that is threatening and this affects their in, 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 in development so basically they become very anxious and it affects their development in a sense that they are not able to explore their world because they are constantly worried about their safety they're constantly worried about uh uh, like the needs not being made. So most of the time they channel much of their energy in coping with the stress. So they are forever stressed. Uh, they, 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 they're learning that their needs are not really important uh, to their caregivers. Uh, so they spend much of that, most of their time to try and coping with the stress, whereas they should be spending most of their time learning as children, um, exploring their world, but they don't really have the time to do that. And this, like I've mentioned before, it becomes a template for the way they relate with other people. So this is how they're going to be relating with other people going forward. And in a sense that they're going to be saying that people are not to be trusted. I cannot trust anyone with my heart. Uh, uh, the world is not a safe place. So this is the template that this is what now uh, they learn from that basically. So every time they, 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 every time when something happens, they go back to the way they were raised. Basically, that this is I'm not good enough. I'm not loved enough. I'm not worthy of anyone's love, and that's why this and this is happening to me. Uh, there's four types of uh, attachment styles: um, the secure attachment style, and then. Uh, insecure and then out of the insecure there's three of the insecure attachment style which is the avoidant uh, uh, attachment style is the ambivalent attachment style and then there's the disorganized uh, attachment style so children that are, 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 that, are that have avoidant uh, attachment or their parents have an avoidant uh, they have they have an avoidant attachment style with their parent uh, these are the children whose parents are very inconsistent so the child uh, does not know that they can actually rely on you today the mother is available tomorrow the mother is not available and when i'm talking about availability i'm talking not necessarily physical but mostly emotional availability so you might be here as the mother 
be present, be in the house, but not emotionally involved. So that's what I'm talking about. And these children feel that they cannot count on their caregiver for comfort and care because they, 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 they are caregiving is erratic. Today they're here, tomorrow they're not there. So you're not really sure when, when, when are they actually here. So child, children now learn that I cannot actually trust this person. This person is not trustworthy. I cannot count on them to comfort me because what happens when they are not available the next day? You know, they're not emotionally available the next day. So they learn that I cannot trust this person. And then there is no preference for caregiver over a stranger. So basically to them, you being a a mother or an, another person being a, a stranger, it looks like the same thing to them. So they're not able to differentiate that this is a caregiver, my caregiver, and then this is a total stranger. In some instances, they can actually prefer a, a stranger than a, a caregiver because you might see that they might find that the stranger is actually more helpful than the caregiver, which is actually a very sad situation. So these children, they now have... A, difficulty in trusting they believe that no one loves them they don't deserve to be loved and then as adults they have problems with being in intimate relationship they cannot form any healthy relationships and then the anxious or ambivalent uh, attachment these are children whose parents were consistently not present or they're very dismissive so the first one the parents are actually there sometimes they're just inconsistent. One day they're there, the next day they're not there. This one, the parents are consistently not available they're, or they're very dismissive. So the child will come to you crying about what happened at school and they need you to be there and you actually just dismiss their behavior or that you dismiss their emotions, basically what they're feeling at that time. So this case, now they believe that you cannot re really rely on anyone they get very clingy to their caregiver. They're not easily comforted. So even when they cry, when you try to comfort them, you can't really comfort them. And as adults, they fear closeness and intimacy and they fear rejection. And they tend to be in a relationship where they're very dependent. Like when they now older, some, some of them now start having things like dependent uh, personality disorder, where they really can't even make decisions on their own. They need someone to hold their hand. They depend on other people. But at the same time, they are scared that I might uh, lose this person. So they fear the rejection. So the anxious or the ambivalent attachment is uh, also the inability to meet others' emotional needs. They won't be able to meet other people's emotional needs as well. And as parents, they also have difficulties in connecting with their children as well. And there's also the fearful and disorganized uh, attachment. This is the type of attachment where um, the children are very, sorry, there's inconsistent connection with their caregivers. They're, most of the time, they're very fearful of their caregivers. Uh, the caregiver's behavior is actually very unpredictable. It's one day the caregiver is caring, and then the next day the caregiver is very abusive. So the child is actually very confused and frustrated. They don't know what's really going on. And this kind of children, they struggle with relationships uh, throughout their life. They don't learn what a healthy relationship looks like. And they have difficulties in providing healthy relationships as others. Because uh, unfortunately, you can't really give something that you have not learned. So for you to be able to be in a healthy relationship, be able to give love, be able to receive love, and be able to acknowledge and notice when you are being loved, 
it's, it starts from your attachment as a child. And then this type of kids, they usually come from abusive homes. So if the parents are uh, physically abusive, they're emotionally abusive uh, on the children. Also, there might also be sexual um trauma as well or sexual abuse or the type of abuse that might happen in the home can cause the child to have this kind of attachment uh, with their caregivers. Uh, so these are some of the, the risk factors. So you, you, you can ask that, um, so what are some of the things that can uh, make you to have a poor or insecure attachment with your child? What are those risk factors? So uh, there's infant uh, risk factors, there's parent risk factors and environmental uh, risk factors. So in terms of the infant uh, risk factors, so you're basically what the child has that, is, that in a way is making, is making it difficult for the child and the caregiver to bond properly or to have a secure attachment. So this we normally see mostly in children that are born prematurely, uh, children that spend uh, most of their time in hospital, where like maybe when they are born, then they get admitted because they have uh, severe medical illnesses and also children that had extensive surgical procedure. You can see by this picture here that it's actually difficult for every any mother if now after delivery, immediately after delivery, now your child is being admitted uh, in hospital. So basically, you don't really have that enough time that other parents will have at that time to spend with your child because your child now is in hospital, having all this uh many tubes going in and out of their body. Uh, maybe they're even in ICU, so you don't really have access to them. So in those first few days, that can actually affect the attachment, your attachment with your child, because you're not really having enough time to attach with your child, basically. And then the other uh, one is the parent uh, risk factor. So the parent... Uh, attachment to their own parents. So you as a parent, you as a mother, your own attachment with your parents. Uh, so if your own attachment style with your own mother was that of insecure attachment, you're going to have, you're going to find it very difficult to be able to attach with your own kids. And then if now the caregiver has any physical or mental health issues, that also puts them at a high risk of having uh, attachment issues as well, because you can think of somebody who's terminally ill, like maybe in late stage uh, cancer, patients with cancer. At that time, you're really just thinking about your own survival. So it's actually very difficult to think about any other person. So this on its own is going to affect how you now relate with your child, because basically you don't even have time to be with the child. You are busy taking care of yourself. If the mother um, has a mental health, a problem or mental health condition herself. If now you're having a depression or you are having anxiety, that is this is also going to affect the way you relate to your child, the way you attach to your child, because you're also having your own issues that you need to deal with them. And until that part is being dealt with, you won't be able to have a proper and secure attachment with your child. If the baby is unwanted, this can happen, take a form of uh, people that maybe if you fell pregnant and you're not ready for the pregnancy, sometimes in severe or extreme circumstances where 
people fell pregnant because they were raped and they don't want the baby. This is going to affect the way you bond with your child. And then also parents or caregivers that are using substances because now after you drink the alcohol, like if you're drinking severely or you're using uh, uh, other illicit drugs, your cannabis, crystal meth, cocaine, cats, if you're using all that. So now when you're high on the substances, it's going to be very difficult for you to be an available parent. And also if you're going through uh, trauma, neglect, abuse yourself as a parent. And then also the environmental factors, environmental risk factors. If there's inconsistent parenting in the house, if there's domestic violence uh, and trauma uh, in the house, if there's an ongoing exposure to trauma, sometimes parents are fighting, they're fighting in front of, it gets physical and this happens in front of the children. And if there's also lengthy separation from the caregivers, um, you like your caregiver is it's most of the time it's not really available so you don't really have spending enough time with your primary caregiver and also multiple changes in caregiver like especially in kids where sometimes maybe uh, they lose their parents at a young age and now this child is being moved from an aunt to an uncle moving between family members this also on its own affects the way you attach with other people because the one minute you're staying with this one you're attaching to this one and then six months later being shipped to go and stay with somebody else so in terms of the fetal uh, which is the unborn baby the fetus or the unborn baby's mental health what affects uh, the fetus mental health uh, this can be affected by the genetic factors. So if maybe as a mother, you already have your own mental health uh, issues, you're having mental health conditions, this can be now your child because of the, the, the genetics 